0: Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. With us on this week's game day segment is beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. First, a few of my thoughts to get us started. It's been a season of runs for us. In November and December, we were red hot, then Isaiah Livers was injured, and we went into a tailspin as the new year began. It sort of carried over into mid-February. Then Isaiah came back, and we thought all the pieces we needed were on the floor. But Isaiah wasn't at 100 percent, really still isn't yet, and then Eli Brooks broke his nose, which had a negative impact on both ends of the floor. We were not sharp the last couple of weeks of the season and we were playing some of the best teams in the Big Ten, which did not help. That's all behind us now. It's a clean slate. On Thursday, we get the postseason underway at 12 noon against Rutgers, a team we beat two times this year. I'd like to think we can regroup and have a strong Big Ten showing and then carry that momentum over into NCAA play. It's easier said than done though. You can't just turn it on whenever you want to. I still have a feeling that if we string a couple of wins together this week, we might be in for another run in the big dance. We've seen it happen before, and that's why we love March. My guest today says if Michigan is on their game, we can beat anyone in the country, but we need to shore up that defense and get the perimeter game hitting on all cylinders. As he said, it all depends on which Michigan team shows up in the postseason. season. Beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press joins us next here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's maze & Brew, so stay with us. Here with us on our Game Day segment this week for another visit is beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, Once again, Orion, good to have you with us.
1: Good to be back, Mike.
0: Well, the postseason gets underway this week as the Big Ten tournament gets going in Indy, and before we talk about that, Orion, let's look back at the season finale on Sunday against Maryland. And, you know, you never like to end the regular season on a sour note, but, you know, on the road, playing a team that really was focused on winning their first share of the Big Ten championship, the Terps looked very good, and you knew it was going to be tough to get it there, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I also thought that at the beginning of the game, there some things Michigan might have been able to do better to sort of mitigate that first half damage, maybe, and, and, and maybe keep it close. Obviously, Maryland had some tough shots, right? And, and you got yeah. guys like Wiggins... And Ayala, I might have pronounced that wrong, but, but they're hitting some threes that they usually aren't, you know, hitting at a high clip. I think they're, I think Wiggins was 30% heading yeah. into that game, and Ayala was uh, 26%. And, and I think they're combined to be 6 of 8. So so that was a big problem for Michigan. But I, I thought Franz Wagner's second foul w- w- was just a huge, huge blow for Michigan. I mean, he sat like the final 12 minutes, and, and obviously that forced other guys to step up. I think David Julius had a good first half, but... I mean, Wagner's just so important, and, and having to go that long without him, I think that really hurt Michigan, and as you saw, I mean, they were down 13 at halftime, and then they, they actually cut it down to three, you know, as little as three in the second half, so, I mean, it, it, it was a winnable game, but Michigan obviously didn't play well enough to to, to come out with the with the win, so to Maryland.
0: That was another one of those games where you, you dig yourself a hole in the first half, you you make a comeback or almost mount a comeback in the second half, and that just takes an awful lot out of you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, people say basketball is a game of runs, and and it is. I mean, you make a run and, and your opponent most likely will make a run in return, which which means that when you're down 13, it's just it's just really hard cuz I mean, I think there was a stretch when Michigan made a run and it cut on a 6, and then Maryland responded with like a 7-0 run of their own or something like that but I mean it's just hard you know it's it's hard to come all the way back when you're down that much and on the road
0: so the last few weeks of the regular season were you know a struggle for Michigan but they were struggles against very good teams so if there is a concern right now would you say uh job number one is to get the uh, the defense squared away it's got to be
1: yeah I mean when when they went on a five game win streak, their defense was among the best in the country, according to some of those analytics sites like Bart Torvik or, or Ken Palm. On uh, Ken Palm, it jumped into like the top twenty five, and it had been abysmal before that. I, I mean, that that stretch was probably the best basketball they played this season. And to get back to that, I think they have to get back to playing good defense. Obviously, they missed Eli Brooks against Wisconsin, but there were some other problems. I think we've seen that they struggle against teams that have stretch bigs. Wisconsin had, had Mika Potter, Ohio State had a Caleb Wesson, Maryland had Jalen Smith, which, which fundamentally changed how Michigan wanted to play defense. So I guess if you're looking ahead to the postseason, you, you're probably thinking, well, you, know, you don't want Michigan to face a stretch big if you're for Michigan.
0: Well, you know, when Isaiah Livers was out, a lot of us said, hey, you get him back and that changes the defense. They get back in sync. And then Eli went out, not not long, but he went out with the the broken nose. And we all know how important he is to the defense. But when you watch them play uh, the last couple of weeks, I can't put a finger on it. If, are they out of sync? It's, it's a very hard thing to pin down, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it's just a combination of factors. Isaiah went out with his ankle injury and that was like right, smack dab in the middle of that five-game win streak. He sat out another game and then came back. But to be honest, I don't think he's looked 100% no. since then. You know, he looks like a step slower. Uh, his lateral ability seems to be have been affected. And, and obviously that, that hurts Michigan because he's one of the starters. He plays a lot of minutes. So um, in basketball, I mean, it, it's a team game. So you're, you're only as strong as you are as a unit. You know, a couple players are missing assignments or struggling or are hurt and trying to battle through that. I mean, obviously that's going to have an effect on the, on the unit collectively. So, I mean, we saw that when Eli went out and I think you're seeing some of that with Isaiah's injuries. So they're in a tough spot. I mean, the seasons come to this, you know, they don't, they don't adjust on defense and their season's going to be over. So it's, it's a do or die time for them right now.
0: Well, do you see any other red flags or concerns with this team as we get ready for postseason play?
1: I think defense is the biggest, you know, some, Players are hitting tough shots against them, but I'd also say that Michigan's giving up some easy buckets. You know, there, there seem to be some missed assignments or, you know, lack of communication is, is one topic that they bring up. And, and it sort of leads to these runs or, or successful performances by opponents. And in March, I mean, you just have to play sound, fundamental basketball on both ends of the court. You know, it's hard to... Every team is good at this stage of the game. So I pinpoint defense as as one area where they really have to fix. And then obviously, you know, shooting, you know, if if they shoot 35% from three, that's probably worth what, like six points more per game versus if they shoot 30%. I mean, shooting is is another area where, you know, maybe they get on a neutral court and start shooting it better. So we'll see. But I, I definitely pinpoint defense is the one area that they have to improve in.
0: Well, right now, we're we're fairly healthy, for you know, for the most part, heading into the Big Ten tournament. But do you think Isaiah Livers is still playing hurt, or is it more a matter of he's just rounding or still rounding into game shape?
1: He might be. I I, I don't know. They're, they're pretty tight-lipped about this stuff, and I think I asked Juwan about it uh, recently, and, and he kind of shut it down, saying that, uh I mean, if he's out there, then he's healthy enough to play. But Isaiah told us a while back, when he came back from just groin injury that, you know, he just wasn't gonna be a hundred percent again this season, you know, until he got to off season. And and then he had this ankle injury too. So I have to imagine he's not fully healthy right now and he's trying to trying to grit his way through it. So We'll
0: see. And then there's Eli Brooks. We just talked about him a minute ago, but he's playing with that mask on, does not look as aggressive, especially going to the hole or even spotting up right now. Has he said anything or have you had a chance to talk to him about how that mask is? Is it still a period of him adjusting to that?
1: We talked to him the first game back, I believe it was Ohio State, right? Uh, We talked to him after that game and he said, you know, the mask felt good was comfortable, he got used to it. I, I think about the not finishing part, I think that's probably just a characteristic of his game. He's, he struggles to finish at the rim. I think he's shooting like 45% on twos. He, you know, he just doesn't finish at a high rate when he gets to the basket. I think it's more of a, probably a trademark characteristic of his offensive game. I don't know, I, I think he looks pretty close to normal out there maybe it's hard to breathe in a mask i don't yeah. know but he said he said himself that it feels good it, it feels good on his face so we'll
0: see well this thursday uh, we tip off at noon against rutgers and a team we beat twice during the regular season a neutral site game and then they're in piscataway and we all know what they say about how tough it is to beat a team three times in a year uh, we just have to bring our A game from the get-go against these guys, don't we?
1: Yeah, I, I also think it's one of those things where Michigan might just match up really well against Rutgers. Rutgers doesn't shoot the ball well. It's kind of a chore watching their offense go to work. And on the other end of the court, they give up a lot of threes. Like, their defense is, is elite. It's top ten in the nation on Ken Palm. But they do give up a lot of threes. And, and if we know one thing, it's that Michigan Michigan's offense will generate a lot of those open looks from outside. So I think it's going to come down to the three-point disparity and whether Michigan can and can win that battle again for the third time. Um, I'm looking at the stats here. In, in their last win, Michigan hit three more threes than Rutgers. And in the first win, let me pull it up. I believe Michigan hits three more. Yeah. So they hit three more threes than Rutgers each time. That's that's a difference of nine points right there. Um Michigan's just a better three point shooting team and Rutgers does give up a lot of three attempts. So I honestly, I, I could see it going the same way as, as the previous two games, you know, I mean, possessions will be at a premium. Um, Michigan has to rebound and, and keep Rutgers off the glass, but I do think Michigan has an advantage, a pronounced advantage when it comes to
0: outside shooting. It's a tough game from the get go. And again, as we mentioned the third time we've played Rutgers this year and you, you know, when you, when you think about it, how disappointing would it be if Michigan went out in the first round this week?
1: It would be tough, I guess, you know, if, if from a if you're rooting for Michigan. I don't think it necessarily would, would say anything different or new about the team. I mean, I'd probably pick them to beat Rutgers on a neutral court, but I can also see them losing. The first two games are pretty close. But I think we've seen, you know, this is a team that's that's pretty up and down. Right now, they, they aren't playing their best basketball, not to their full potential, as we've seen during other stretches. So a loss wouldn't necessarily change my perception of that. You know, if they somehow beat Rutgers by like 20, and then they go on to play Wisconsin in, in the next round and, and win that game, then obviously I'd, I'd, I'd be thinking, okay, so Michigan turned things around again. and It's an up suite again. But if they lost Rutgers, I don't think it'd necessarily change how I, how I feel about the team's postseason chances right
0: now. If we beat Rutgers and, and then go up against Wisconsin, sort of get a, a run going uh, in a Big Ten tournament, do you think that will change where we're seated in the NCAAs at all? It could,
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, adding quality wins to your resume is never a bad idea. I don't think it would matter much what they did if they like let's say they make it to Sunday and, and and play Michigan State and win that game or something I mean I don't think that would change cuz at that point, I think the committee is pretty set on what they have. I do think if they, as you said, if they beat Rutgers and beat Wisconsin, I mean, that's two more quality wins. I, th- I think it could help, yeah.
0: Well, most of what I've been reading lately is saying we're seven seed. Uh, if, you, if you roll off a couple of wins, let's say play Michigan State in the Big Ten Tournament, is there a chance uh, of jumping up to a six seed at this point?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty variable. I've seen a couple places have them as a six seed. I've seen a couple places have them as a seven. Um, You never know. If If they win like three games, maybe they have enough juice to jump up to a five seed. I mean, I think the committee will like Michigan. That's just a hunch I have. They have a pretty solid resume, some impressive wins, and they have a hard strength schedule, too. We'll see. I mean, it's really hard to say at this point. Winning can only help you, really.
0: Well, there's been a lot of talk this year about how many big teams uh, will get a bid. In January, the thought was, you know, it could be 10. And in February, a lot of analysts were saying, eh, probably 8. But this morning, uh, Monday morning, USA Today was again projecting 10. What's your best guess and how many teams realistically are going to get in?
1: Uh, That's a tough question. I'm not a... I'm not a bracketologist, mm-hmm. um, but I'll give my best guess. Obviously, you have the three three-way tie first place. Those guys will be in. I think after that, Ohio State. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to do an order of, of how I think okay. how highly they're seated. So I think three teams up, up there um, will be seated pretty highly. Ohio State, four, Illinois after that. Then you got a bunch of teams that kind of split into the postseason, so it's tough. Uh, Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Rutgers, and then I think Indiana probably has done enough. So I, I think ten, yeah i think is looking outside of like looking from the outside of, at this point Minnesota i don't think is i mean they'd have to probably win a tournament to, to get in yeah 10 10 seems like a pretty pretty uh good guess, but, I mean, my uh, bracketology knowledge is rudimentary. <laughs> if, I, if I had to have a best guess, I'd say those 10. i just list them
0: up. It would be great for the conference if we get 10 teams in, no doubt about it. It's been such a competitive uh, year, a fun year to watch Big Ten basketball. From your vantage point, you've seen them all. Uh, does the Big Ten, you think, right now have a team, maybe even a couple of teams, that could make a, a big long run in the uh, tournament?
1: Oh, yeah. The one whose stock I would buy right now is Michigan State. I mean, they've got a star point guard they've got one of the best centers in the nation I think that highly of Xavier Tillman. His defense is, is just so good and we've seen him shut down essentially entire teams you know with his ability to contest at the rim and, and shut down other centers I mean he's just so good and, and probably undervalued I, f- I feel like this has been said before but you know that one five combo is, is pretty important in basketball you know you're, you're as strong as, as your point guard and center and I think there's not that many teams out there who's 1-5 combo I'd pick over Michigan State. I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, maybe Dukes i pick over Michigan State just because Duke did beat Michigan State earlier this season, and he's flancing. Kansas is pretty good, but but Michigan State certainly has a really, really talented point guard and center, and I think that will take them a long way. And you're starting to see the supporting cast play better, too. I mean, Rocket Watts seems to be emerging. He's playing well. You know, Aaron Henry is kind of an enigma, but, you know, he can he can heat up quickly, too. So
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Tillman is, uh, I don't know if he's underrated, but he he is a great defensive player and w- what really impressed me is what he did to Garza I-, I I have never seen anyone slow Garza down like he did this year
1: yeah I mean he's he's just so good you know he's He's maybe not like the, the physical presence of like a Coburn, but he moves really well for his size. I yeah. mean, he's, he's quicker than almost every big man he plays. He's quicker than some guards, I would say. I mean, he's he's shown an ability like we saw last year. He was able to switch screens and one through five and and, sh- and shut down Xavier Simpson. I mean, he's just a really good defender, and I think that goes a long way in March.
0: Well, for most of the season, we heard there is no dominant team in college basketball, but there are a lot of very good ones. And I know your focus is on Michigan and the Big Ten during the season, like a lot of us. We don't get to see... A lot of the other teams play. But from what you've seen, I know this is asking a lot too, uh, what two or three, maybe four teams have really impressed you when you've had the chance to see them play?
1: Well, I, I like Kansas. They're solid. Like I mentioned before, I really like their 1-5 combo. They've just had a really great season. And I think Bill Self has done a good job. Other teams, uh, it's hard, you know. i would say Duke. Duke is pretty talented. Trey Jones, he is a really good player. I think he's elevated his game, and, and, I mean, they've got so much talent. I think I think they're good, too. I guess for a kind of a sleeper pick, if I have one, and I don't even know if this is like a, a deep sleeper, Butler, I think is pretty solid. I mean, they played in the, the Big East. has been killer this season, and I know they, they've taken some losses. They've got a really good guard who, could, who can get you buckets in tough situations. and I mean, I feel like when you, when you get to March, you kind of want that guy, the guy who can just create offense when there is none at certain points and and kamar baldwin's pretty good so
0: another team yeah, that seems I mean, to, to get a yeah. lot of love though is dayton and i haven't seen them play this much but they're they're really highly regarded coming into the tournament aren't they
1: yeah i haven't seen them as much either but what i have seen their offenses look great i, I think that a team uh has got a lot of talent and they're all being used in the right way i guess the question i would have is you know when the competition kicks up a notch i don't know you know how yeah. equipped they are I saw them play Kansas really tough earlier this season. That was back in November. I mean, that was a great game. And obviously the the, stat, the stats like them a lot, the analytics. I mean, their offense is, is just killer. It's really efficient. So, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I like Dayton.
0: Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the tournament is just so much fun. And I, I find myself looking at the, you know, the possibilities and you think, who's going to be this year's Texas Tech? Is there a team out there like that? And that's what makes the tournament great, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. There's always fun storylines i mean teams that you necessarily haven't really seen much of and, and, and they just capture your attention right away there's a lot of fun teams out there too i mean like look at creighton you know michigan fans are familiar with that team i mm-hmm. just watched them play uh Seton hall i think saturday night and they and they won that game to win the big east title i mean their offense is legit you know they've got guys who can spread the floor like everyone they have can shoot it's, it's just really fun to watch so yeah teams like that you know like teams that maybe necessarily uh non diehard fans don't really know that much about but They'll get a chance to know in a
0: couple of weeks. Well, getting back to the Big Ten tournament, which starts on Wednesday, always exciting. I mean, I absolutely love it. Uh, it seems to get better every year, at least in my opinion. But this year, as competitive as the Big Ten regular season was, every game is going to be a great matchup and just take an awful lot of, out of each team, isn't it?
1: Yeah, As we've seen in a conference schedule, I I think it's just a killer conference. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good teams. I mean, Minnesota's a good team, too, and and they're going to get left out just because they played a really hard schedule. You know, there's no way around it. I don't know. I think uh, you could see any number of teams win it. I mean, it seems like Maryland and Michigan State being on the same side of the bracket is a tough deal for for both teams. But maybe I'm just you know, underrating Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin's really good, too. We'll
0: see. Well, Michigan still has uh, business to take care of in the postseason. We've talked about their defense. But, you know, when you look at the season with the Big Ten tournament yet to go and the NCAAs, Juwan Howard's first season, was it as you expected? Or did he, in your mind, exceed expectations to this point?
1: I wrote... That Saturday, Juwan's first season, I think you have to quantify it as a success right now, even before he's even gotten to the postseason. I just think there's so many factors that led me to to writing that. I mean, this was not an easy transition. He had to replace the program's winningest coach, and it was you know, during a, the time of the season where you don't really see that many coaching transitions, the carousel mostly stops by then. You know, he had to salvage Franz Wagner's recruitment, and then he had to get going in a 2020 class, and right now he has a top-five class in 2020. I think that's a big deal. And and then, you know, he's built relationships with his players. I mean, he's built lasting relationships. I think you've seen a lot of guys really warm up to Jamon over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, he's weathered some problems, you know, injury struggles. Isaiah Livers missed 10 games. You know, Franz missed four. Xavier was suspended for one. Eli broke his nose. I mean, they've dealt with a lot of, you know, guys coming in and out of the lineup and, and, you know, they're making the tournament. I mean, yeah, they've lost some tough games and, and yeah, there's been some times where I think you can criticize, you know, what he's doing, but... Overall, I think it's been a success. You know, it, it was not an easy situation, and I think he's made the most of it. And I think the most important thing about his first year was setting himself up for future success. I mean, it's a, it's a bridge year. He recruited one player on his team. That was Franz Wagner. I mean, everyone else he inherited. It's a transition year, and I think he set himself up, you know, to have success down the road. He with a good recruiting class, with getting guys to buy into the program, with showing that you know he had the coaching chops to win big games. So overall, I think it's been a successful year. And obviously, I mean, if if they go on a run here, I mean, it'd only be even more successful. I just think that, you know, if they lose in the first round or second round, I I don't think that would change my view of things.
0: Well, it sort of leads into my final question for you, Orion. You know, getting on a roll this time of the year, it's always possible. We see it every year. A couple of teams come out of nowhere, get hot. Given the way Michigan has been playing the last few weeks, and we've already talked about the fact they've got to get that defense back in sync. Do you think they are capable of making a run in the NCAA tournament, let's say even to the Sweet 16?
1: Yeah, totally. I think this team, when they're playing at their best, I don't think it's a stretch to say that they're a Final Four contender. You know, I mean, we've seen them play so well and and, and beat some really good teams, but that's at their absolute best. I mean, I feel like we've seen just as much stretches of of play where, you know, they, they struggle on defense, especially, and... They're not hitting threes and, and they look like they could lose in the first round. I mean, it's really a question of which Michigan we're going to get, you know, which version we're going to get. It's, it's been a very roller coaster type of season in terms of the on-court performance. But yeah, I mean, to break it down, I mean, the offense, it generates good looks. It gets open looks for shooters like Livers, Brooks, and Wagner are all capable of having big games. Um, you got a senior point guard, a senior center. they both played a lot of winning basketball. They have a, the the program has a 35 record on neutral site courts over the past four seasons, which is just insane if you think about it. Um, So they're, they're built to win these type of games. You know, they, they really are. They've got all the personnel in place and and I'll add on, you know, the bench has guys like Julius and and, and John, you know, who can give them a lift. I mean, maybe they haven't been doing so recently consistently at least, but they they have shown that they can give them a lift. So they've got guys who can play. They've got a system that seems to work for the roster as currently construed, put things together on defense and, and I could easily see them make run so it's hard to say which Michigan we'll see but um, if they're playing really well I mean it wouldn't be a surprise at all if they made it to the Sweet 16.
0: Great time of the year and I think every Michigan fan that heard you say that would love to see them make it at least as far as the Sweet 16 but uh, it's just a fantastic time of the year and of course it all kicks off high noon in Indy on Thursday against Rutgers so we shall see. Here with us today on our game day segment has been beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press Orion, there's still hopefully a lot of basketball yet to be played in the coming weeks. Uh, in the next few weeks, we hope to have you back on the show and have Michigan still alive in the NCAA's. That would be great.
1: Yeah, or even playing in an NCAA tournament. I mean, you never know. <laughs> it, it always get shut down with what's going on with the with the coronavirus. So we'll see. But
0: yeah, I didn't even think about that. Has there been any speculation or talk that impacting the tournament in any way?
1: No, but I will say I've seen some stuff from you know other leagues. You know, shutting down locker room access, things of that nature. I mean, a a tennis tournament that's fairly significant was canceled last night. I mean, I'm not an expert, and I'm I'm, I'm just saying Mm -hmm. based off what I've seen and read from other people who would know more than me, it seems like this thing could really spike and explode. And and maybe it already has, and we don't know because people aren't getting tested for it. But we'll see. I I certainly don't want to be at an NCAA tournament site. if coronavirus is increasing and the, the rate of infection is increasing. Fingers crossed that we'll be fine and yeah, basketball uh, will continue and, and, and normal life will continue for yeah, yeah. the country.
0: Well, absolutely. And it, of course, as we all know, it's uh, changing by the minute, by the hour and by the day. So yeah, we'll just everyone has to keep their eye on that. Not much we can do about that, but uh, we hope it doesn't impact the tournament. We shall see. But once again, Orion, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure having you on the show and we'll, we'll get you back in the next couple of weeks. Always a pleasure talking to you, Mike. Take care. Quick Hits is next as we to wrap it up for another week here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the Vsporto network and in partnership with SB Nations Maze in Brew. On quick hits today, women's basketball was unable to overcome a third quarter deficit and fell to Ohio State 66-60 in the Big 10 Tournament semifinals Saturday night at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. We will learn our NCAA tournament fate during the NCAA Selection Show, scheduled for this Monday at 7 p.m. We ended the regular season with a 21-11 record. Hockey beat Michigan State 3-0 Saturday night after defeating Sparty by that exact score on Friday night, enabling the Wolverines to take a best-of-three series and advance to the Big Ten tournament hockey semifinals on Sunday at Ohio State. Heading into this week's action, We are 11, 10, and 3 in the Big Ten, 18, 14, and 4 overall. Number 16 ranked softball split a pair of one-run games to close out its annual spring break trip, hanging on to defeat Boston University 2-1 before falling in an extra inning contest to number 22 UCF 3-2 in the eighth on Friday afternoon at UCLA's Easton Stadium. Michigan, with a 15-8 overall record, will kick off the home portion of its schedule with a three game series against Ball State this weekend at the Wilpon Complex, home of Alumni Field. The series kicks off with a 2 p.m. doubleheader on Saturday and wraps up with a 1 p.m. slate on Sunday. Number 16 ranked baseball split a doubleheader with number 24 Pepperdine to finish its time in California, winning 7 4 in Game 1 before falling 6 1 in the nightcap at Eddie D. Field Stadium. Michigan will return to the friendly confines of the Wilpon Complex, home of Ray Fisher Stadium for its home opener, a four-game weekend series against Canisius. First pitch is this Friday at 4 p.m. Our record as we return home is 8-7. Thanks again to beat writer Orion Sang from the Detroit Free Press for being our guest today. Spring practice begins on Tuesday for football, believe it or not. So in April, we'll get back to talking football. The next few weeks we'll stick to basketball and let's hope we get the defense going and make a run in this week's Big Ten tourney. On Sunday we'll find out where we'll be going in the NCAA tournament and let's hope we're in for another couple of weeks of Michigan basketball. That's it for now though. Thanks for joining me and make sure you come back next week. I'm your host Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week everyone. Until we meet again, take care and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!